Welcome to Titus Talent Talks. I am sitting here with Beth Ridley, who is a friend. She is an ally. She is somebody who is a consultant and somebody who has brought some transformation to Titus's business as we have began our journey of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it is a topic that I felt very vulnerable in when I started realizing and looking at some things of our company that I felt confused with, that I felt um, ignorant of, um, and it was going into a world that I felt quite unknown, and uh, I needed help. And so, uh, as Beth says, a really wise person, a very smart person, when they realize they need help, they ask. And so I'm putting myself in that category. I'm a very smart and wise person. I reached out to Beth for help and began our journey. And since then, she's worked with our leadership team and helping us on a step-by-step. So I do want to, uh, the point of today really is, as, as Titus Talent Talks today, is bringing in um, an expert voice on a topic which is not now uh, having greater awareness, it has been it's an, uh, since the beginning of time. This whole topic of difference, people are different, and there are all kinds of things that go into that. And uh, what we've set is our journey is valuing difference. We want to value difference in a greater way than we have before. So, Beth Ridley, tell us a little bit about you, the Brimful Life, what it is that uh, you are passionate about, and uh, uh, about your journey. Yeah, well, Jonathan, thank you so much for for having me and the time to chat with you. And I've so much enjoyed our conversations. I learn a lot from our conversations as well. And um, I think that's part of the whole thing. It's about diversity is really about um, dialogue and and learning from each other. Um, So like you said, I have a, a consulting firm called The Brimful Life. And I call it that because my work is all about helping leaders and professionals live lives that are filled to the brim with joy and meaning. (laughs) We need more of that in the workplace. We need more of that in the workplace. So out of the many topics that I talk about, diversity and inclusion is one of them. And I would say it's been a popular topic recently, this year, just sort of everything that's been going on um, in terms of racial inequality and social injustice being at the forefront of our minds and coming into the workplace like never before. Um, So a lot of people are sort of like feeling sort of compelled that they have to say or do something. Uh, Maybe diversity inclusion has been something on their minds but not really have like sparked taking action. So I'm all about that. Like I love it when people come to the topic of diversity inclusion. Um, I think when you come to it from thinking that it's a moral imperative, that's a great start. My Mm -hmm. belief is that it is truly a business imperative and those leaders and those companies that can tap into the diversity that all companies have and sort of bridge that diversity and harness it as a differentiator for success, that's gonna make this effort sustainable. Because at the end of the day, businesses are in business to achieve certain goals and and results and a, a diverse and inclusive culture can help you do that. So it's both a moral imperative and a, and a business imperative. And I just try to um, help people develop an inclusive mindset as a leadership competency. So those leaders who can bridge differences, like I said, really do become better leaders because, you know, sadly, we're becoming more and more divided. And yeah. those divisions are seeping into the workplace, right? So race, gender, age are some typical ones. Now it's even politics. How do you manage that in the workplace? Religion, mm-hmm. 
even personality style differences, um, leadership style differences, you really need that leader who can um, help harness and bridge that diversity. We see what happens when, with leadership that cannot, you know, diversity turns into dysfunction without the inclusive piece. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's, so we're a fast growing company and not fast like many technology companies out there are growing a thousand percent a year. Um, but uh, for a, a fast growing company, we just made the Inc. 5000 fastest growing company the second year in a row, which we're proud of those things because um, we're doing some things right. We have put a, we're a very people centric organization. Um, we put our people first. We say that in the way we make our decisions. People first, our partners second, which means our customers, and profits third. So we've got some things in the right order. We're not money-driven purely, but obviously we're for profit, so we have to make profit to yeah. be able to have people. Uh, and so there's a lot of things we focus on. We've created a value-driven or value-based organization, all things that we feel really proud of and really secure in, that when we look to our left and our right, we've got a whole bunch of people who match our vision and values. However, we just not had any focus with a lens on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning of this year, uh, I think it was yeah, well, last year and then going into this year, I was like, I need some help. And but who do I turn to that can help me navigate and I can speak freely, that I can be vulnerable, that I can ask questions without fear of retribution or judgment or uh, mockery or just you know anything that would go along with that I wanted to ask somebody who was an expert who could help me navigate my own ignorance and uh, I've, I've had the privilege um, privilege of traveling the world uh, I think I've been to 40 something countries in the world of my life and so I've seen lots of backgrounds cultures religions all kinds of diversity and I love the melting pot but I've just never come, come through a lens of I want to build my company very diverse. Mm. Um, I just not thought that. And so here we are five years on and I've got a whole group, a bunch of people who evidently, evidently, because you can go onto LinkedIn and scroll through all of our people, evidently who look very similar in mm -hmm. uh, ethnicity and their race and uh, the, or uh, just from, a, from our observations, a lot of similarity. And if you talk to our people, you go, wow, they all sound the same. And in many ways, it's because of the unity of value. But that's what I would have historically said, ah, oh, it's because they value the same things. What do I mean by that? You know, is yeah. it valuing characteristics and behaviors or is it valuing things that um, we've not actually been intentional about, but there's been bias in our hiring? And the other challenge we had was majority of our hires are from internal referrals, people mm -hmm. that we know we have worked with in the past or people we interact with and uh, discovering that going that's great all these these uh, internal referrals it makes recruiting easy those people statistically um, can hit the ground running faster because they've had an inside track and an inside voice as a mentor and as a coach and as a buddy system yeah. but often uh, I discovered in talking with Beth over lunch as a, the, the questions around my personal diverse circles. What does the diversity look like in my own personal circles? Yeah. And was that was very challenging for me just because everything starts from within on a personal level before we start going corporate or national level. You can't just only pick, fix 
national problems without fixing and looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, okay, what does that look like for me? And you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a a, it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse, right? So on one hand, looking inward and thinking about how do I develop a more inclusive mindset, one way of doing that is to look inside your own personal social source, social circles and where yes. you have a lack of diversity. That may indicate where you might have some implicit biases and the opportunity to just increase the diversity in your own social circles. So that's the hard part, but the good part is that's free to do. Like you don't need a consultant or you don't need an initiative to spend money on. Like the, the real work, the real meaningful work, leading by example and, and just looking from within, it's free to do. Um, yes. You need a little bit of courage. I also think you need just a little bit of just willing to pause and get out of execution mode and to reflect mm. and think and being willing to um, build meaningful relationships with people who are different from you. That's going to sort of increase your perspective. And then from a practical standpoint, you're absolutely right. In terms of recruiting, some of your best candidates are going to come from your existing employees who should be your biggest ambassadors. And yes. so when each employee has a very diverse personal social network, you're going to naturally also get a lot more diverse people. And so that's why, you know, it's funny, like I'll work with a lot of like um, predominantly white led organizations and they'll be like, it's just really hard to find diverse talent. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> I know a ton of black people, but I mean, where, where, where do we find these people? They're actually everywhere, but it just becomes easier and a lot more natural. You know what I mean? When you diversify yeah. your own personal network, it's, it's so easy. It can be done, but it does take a little intentionality and a little courage. Cause just like you said, you had questions. You didn't know who to ask. You were really brave to ask me. You actually didn't really know me. We had someone in common that made it a little bit safer. But I always like to say our worst fears hardly ever materialize. It's very unlikely that someone's going to completely shoot you down. Like, don't ever speak to me again. Why would you say that? If you're asking out of genuine, you know, curiosity and compassion, I think people can really feel that, and 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 they want to lean in, and they and they want to. Um, share about their, their own personal experience. You are not asking me to speak on behalf of all black people. You said, right. what do you think? Like, I, everyone likes to talk about themselves. I am happy to tell you what that thinks. And then yep. you get one data point, you know, yes. about the American experience from, yep. you know, you know, my personal view. So that's one data point. That's not enough, but it's one more than what you had. And if you keep doing that, next thing you know, it you you round out your perspective, yeah. uh, and that's how we all get smarter. You told me, Jonathan, you cannot outsource this whole thing of diversity, equity, inclusion. You can't. What did you mean by that? Talk about that. Yeah, and I think again, like people are like, well, let me hire a consultant, let me have a committee, let me ha hire a diversity and inclusion uh, expert or a chief diversity officer. And I think all those things are really good to either get things started or to help sustain it. But at the end of the day, leaders, every employee contributes to the culture based on how they show up and setting the tone from the top. So you could have had the most amazing consultants. You could have spent a ton of money. You could have spent all this money on initiatives and they wouldn't have gone anywhere if people were looking at you and saying, but Jonathan, what are you doing? 
or Jonathan, right. how are you learning? Or Jonathan, how are you helping to bridge across differences? We don't see that. I mean, it's going to be a disconnect uh, and people, and people see that. So, you know, uh, that's what I meant by you can't outsource it. You cannot expect change if you and your leadership team are not willing to, you know, walk the talk, talk the walk, mm-hmm. walk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and show, and again, the, the, the nice thing about this work is you don't have to be great at it. You don't have to be an expert. You can make mistakes, but people need to see that you're trying and that the words that you're saying are matching your efforts. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it was a very, very challenging moment for me when you said that because I can go into practical mode. I can go into do mode. Okay, what do we need to fix this? How fast can we fix this thing? Okay, who can do this for me? Who can, like, who do I need to hire to get this thing done? As if it is a checkbox. As if yeah, it is a... Some of, some of that is very cultural. I think right. in the United States, like we think that, you know, technology and money can pretty much solve all of our problems. <laughs> this is one of these things where it does really become deeply personal. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. And, you know, I, you know, the nice thing is your, your mindset is 100% in your control. The hard thing is sometimes that is the hardest thing to control or, or to invest in. And it's almost the opposite of everything that we've been trained. It's yes. almost yeah, like it's instead of do, 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 it's no pause and reflect. Yeah. And really examine where I might have blind spots. Um, yeah. So it's a really different muscle. It's a really different discipline that, that we're trying to build. One, one of the things we discovered, and it didn't, it wasn't, uh, we didn't need a consultant for this one. We realized that our entire leadership team was white. We didn't, we didn't even, we, we didn't pay you big bucks to figure this one out. <laughs> so uh, we used our eyes, and uh, it, and I'm I'm laughing now, but it wasn't it wasn't funny. It was like, what are we gonna do about this thing? Well, we this isn't something I could fix overnight. It's not something I go. All right, you're off. You're on. Here we go. Great. Statistically, am I good? Everyone okay? Great. Moving on. You know, that's that's it's got to change in here. Is it, first of all, is this a heart issue? Do I have something, you know, is there something off here that needs to be adjusted in a deep root issue? Or is it actually, I just need to put a lens on. Mm-hmm. Right? So you need to put these glasses on and actually see differently and think differently about this approach. And it's that's what it came for, for me. It wasn't a heart issue. Um, yeah. I don't, still don't believe it is. I believe it's actually a lens issue. We've just not put much attention into this and said this is an important lens. Yeah. And so you I, helped I, us navigate that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, 100%. And I think people, you know, one of the reasons why they don't want to lean into this work is then they feel guilty. You know, they feel like, oh my goodness, you know, am I racist? I've been doing this wrong. Like what? Like we have an amazing team. How can I feel bad simultaneously? I have an amazing team, but we all look alike. And it's in most cases, it has not been an intentional effort to not bring in diverse perspectives it has not been intentional but it's been the result of not pausing and just reflecting and thinking intentionally valuing diversity like how are we better when we're not all the same and again having those natural relationships when a a job opening does come you're not so much thinking like oh where do i post where people of color are going to be seeing this post it's more like 
I know Jen and she, well, she happens to be, you know, a person of color and she knows all, all, all other great people as well. So I think it's just really, you're right. And I like how you said it's a lens. It's a lens issue. It's just adapt, uh, building that muscle memory to always look at everything with a different lens and saying, am I missing a perspective before I jump and I make this decision? Should I consult and get in different perspectives so my decision is going to be better? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> that's it, what's the end game? What's the goal that we're trying to achieve? Otherwise, it can be very short-sighted to try and fix something. Like, so we're, we're a business. We're a for-profit business, and we intend to grow. How do we get there? Oh, no, so-and-so is not doing business with us because of our lack of diversity on our leadership team. If I want to gain business, I need to fix this thing. Yeah. And so I just stop and go, no, 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 I'm not fixing this just to gain business. Although I do appreciate you said, listen, there's a business imperative here, which I agree with, mm -hmm. but I can't be, I can't do a knee jerk reaction, short sighted fix. Right. Um, here's a good example. We have a, a, a sizable, large client. We said, one of the things you're going to need is to put together a culture video, something that tells the story of who you are from an employee perspective. What is your DNA? What is your culture? They came back to us and said, we've looked at this. We cannot do a culture video. I said, why not? And they said, there's not enough diversity, like racial diversity in our, in, our, in our teams. And we don't want to highlight the fact that everybody in our video would be non-diverse mm -hmm. uh, from that perspective. And, and, I, and I, get the, I get it. It's kind of like, oh, gosh, now we've got a brand and a marketing piece. So let's just not do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and so then the next question is, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Now, what are you gonna do? You, so you could hire some actors and then do the video. I don't think that's the right idea either. But if you look at any single commercial out there, you've got this perfect makeup of, <laughs> of everybody and anybody. You're like, wow, did they actually work there? Do they really work for your company or are they actors? You know, yeah. they're all very good looking too. You know, <laughs> it's like yes. model acting makeup for anything. You know, mm -hmm. um, I get it. So there's there's an, an opportunity to do that. That is, that's not a that's a quick fix for a short-term gain and that's not the right clue you know the idea here so what are we looking at internally and how do we actually make a journey here for to grow to an end game and um, I, I don't know if you you know thoughts on that I don't want to kind of leading you in here but I, I don't know how you respond to that kind of the quick fix versus long-term solutions and long-term changing at the heart yeah, totally. I mean, like most things, the quick fix really is, is a band-aid and you, you, you'll get in the habit of continually quick fixing. Um, and I think the real way to make it sustainable is the approach that you're taking and really being more reflective, um, building meaningful, diverse relationships. And by the way, thinking about what do you mean by diversity? Like it shouldn't only be gender and race, right? There's all other dimensions of diversity that you have to be mindful of. And I will also argue most um, companies, even if they're all white men, are not tapping into and harnessing the diversity in terms of thought, perspective, experience that is even there as a start. Like use what you have to build that more inclusive muscle. But you know, I think again, to your point, quick fix, do we want to just present to the world an image of how we wish we were versus actually doing the work and, and, and being able to present who you are truly organically? Um, you, you do have to think of this as a longer term um, investment, an ongoing investment. And you do have to 
truly, truly value, like you really do believe, you know, better business, better culture with a more diverse and inclusive, right? Otherwise you, you aren't going to stick with it. And, and we had talked earlier, the best analogy I can give it is healthy eating as a lifestyle. You know, yeah. you must believe that eating whole foods and fresh foods is better for you in the long run. That makes it easier when you drive past a McDonald's to be like, keep going and not say, yes, let me just get the, the, you know, the Big Mac and then I'll try to work it off later. You know, and it's, it's so that it's never perfect and you are faced with a lot of conflicting um, decisions that you may have to make around sort of how you want to present to the rest of the world and where you might really be on the journey. But you'll only stay on the journey if at the end of the day, you really do believe that you as an individual and the culture of the organization and then therefore your clients and the community are better when you are interested in diverse yeah. perspectives. You just have to be interested as a first step. So I should be interested in that. And I have to be interested in healthy eating. This is a lot to ask. Yeah. I know. There's a lot of lifestyle changes here you're talking about, Beth. It is. Beth. <laughs> No, this is good. That's good. Um, I think one of the, I have one more question for you, and this one's a, I don't know if this one's a dinger or not, but um, one of the things that we've heard um, from our clients, but also just internally as we navigate this journey, and the journey just basically is we're going to keep making daily steps, weekly, monthly, annual steps to grow in this area, yeah. um, because we can't do it overnight, but we want to be set our course to grow. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions that have come up a number of internally and externally is around this topic of if there is an initiative to do this and to grow in this area, um, does that mean I might get passed up or some people might get passed up on opportunities because somebody else, not due to meritocracy or performance, is going to have an advantage, which goes into advantage and privilege and all kinds of things. So yeah. uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, so here, I, I hear this all the time, especially when it comes to hiring and promotion, like you said, like, you know, sort of the argument will be, well, we should just be hiring the best person, not based on diversity. And I would say that that's a moment to pause and really think about what you're saying, because you're almost saying diversity and the best candidate are somehow, you right. know, exclusive. And yeah. I agree. You never want to hire someone just because of the way they look. You're not doing anyone a favor. You're not doing the candidate a favor. You're not doing yourself a favor. You're a client a favor. So yeah, that should always be avoided. But don't assume because someone is bringing a dimension of diversity that is not currently represented in your organization that they would not be the best candidate anyway. Right. And I think right. a lot of times people mistake comfort for competence. When you mm. feel comfortable around someone because you can relate to them, re relate with them. They're like you. They yep. went to the same university as me. They must be smart. I mean, that's actually our implicit bias at play. Or British. Right? Maybe they're British. They must be smart. <laughs> that's right. Just because they've got a nice accent. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely some advantage there. <laughs> So I think we just, again, that is our implicit bias at play. Somehow in our minds, we are connecting different than us with not as deserving, not as prepared, not as competent. And yeah. we're assuming 
same as us, we are comfortable with them, then they are the best candidate. So I would say check yourself on that, right? And you, you know, check yourself because, you know, there is no evidence to suggest that the best candidate um, cannot be a diverse candidate. Okay, I uh, love it. I love the answer. And uh, not just I love the answer, but it's refreshing and it's helpful, it's instructive. Three words um, that I would use to describe you. Very helpful, very refreshing, and very instructive. I've uh, been really, um, on our journey, you've been a, a guide. Um, and a rich, rich, knowledgeable guide to help us see the sites, to value some, value some really, really important um, areas that we've not seen before. Um, and not only just value those, but instruct us on how to actually bring it more to the forefront in our business and see it as a business and a moral imperative. So massive, massive thank you for that, Beth. We're excited to have you on our journey uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing your journey as well as you uh, increase and keep growing and serving companies out there. We hope that uh, there'll be many people who would uh, sort of continue working with you and help you. Uh, have you navigate for them and with them on their journey. So how can people get hold of you, Beth? Yeah, the best way you can follow me on LinkedIn, Beth Ridley on LinkedIn, or you can go to my website, thebrimfullife.com, and you can find out all the resources. And I've got a lot of um, complimentary resources on diversity, equity, inclusion on my website that you can download as well. Fantastic. And we have upcoming information here um, on our webinar series, and there's a full instructive webinar uh, coming up here with Beth as well, which will be jam-packed with resources, tools, um, information that can, you can actually put into practice the very second you hear it, the very second it, uh, you receive that, you can actually put these things into practice and it will change your own life as an individual, but also resources that you can use to actually bring transformation in a positive way to your organization. So massive thank you to Beth. Uh, again, uh, somebody who's uh, been a gift to us and uh, a growing friend. Thank you so much. <laughs>